Hello, and welcome to episode 55 of Flicks in a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me forever and always, the man, the myth, the moustache, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. I'm calling an audible on this episode. We're not doing Mission Impossible. Instead, we're going to discuss the Fellowship of the Ring, specifically how formerly referred to as genius J.R.R. Tolkien is a coward because everyone thought it was so brave that, oh, he sent Frodo over the the sea, even though he was so young and a hobbit had never been before. But you know what? No, this story would be a hundred times better if after he was stabbed with a Morgul blade, he turned into a hobbit-sized wraith and rode into battle with the Nine with a very large knife and a tiny evil pony. And that's it for this week's episode of Flick and Six. <laughs> so you are now privy to one of Al's famous rants. Uh, he does this to me normally uh not on the air does not try to <laughs> sideline the whole show but uh well done well I'm done. sorry did i hijack I, you? <laughs> well now all i can think about is that i'd watch that movie again right i'm not super interested as you know in watching fellowship again but i will watch that again or for the first time <laughs> can you just can you just write that fan fiction piece can you do that 100 percent all right, uh, already, it's uh, check your inbox right now oh, because God. here it comes. <laughs> it's, it's like that's the next, that's the next and final article that we do. <laughs> no, I, you know what? I just happened to have it on in the background while I was doing some stuff today, and uh, it's been a while since I've watched that movie start to finish. I've watched Fair. parts of it, uh, you know, every few months when I see it on TV, and it just happened to be on TV today, and I didn't have anything else going on with that, so I put it on and. You know, just had my general appreciation. Actually, my appreciation of that movie has grown um, in more recent times. I think just because it always held back a little bit for me because I didn't have the best experience the first time I watched it Mm. ever. Um, I saw it in theaters when it came out. I didn't know anything about The Lord of the Rings. Had not read the books. I was 10 or 11 years old. Um, Ooh, that's a little rough. Sat... No, I under different circumstances, I don't think I would have had as much of a problem. I didn't, I couldn't follow everything, uh-huh. um, and I think we may have been into the theater a couple minutes late, missed the very, very beginning of the narration. Oh God! <laughs> and this whole thing's a mess. Was, the, the the theater was packed because Lord of the Rings, right. and I sat in the very front row. Oh no! And was this like scrunched into a chair, like craning my neck to watch it. And I had to leave during the final part of the final act because the shaky cam following the Urukai running through the forest made me so nauseous that I almost threw up in the theater. Oh, so Lord. I missed most of the ending as well. So it was a rough experience watching the first one for me. It's which that just you went back at all. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, and honestly, I don't know exactly. I don't remember exactly how it is that I ended up coming back to the fold. Uh-huh. So it's under diff- under those circumstances, it, it's surprising that I love those movies so very much. Right. Um, but for a long time, I would have said like the third was my favorite, then the second, the first, my least favorite. And I know some people have picked the first one as their favorite, and I was like, no, that's crazy. Um, but it's definitely swapped spots with the third for me. Well, I guess all been rearranged. The second one is definitely my favorite one. Right. Um, right. But the first is. Is gaining ground on. I don't think it'll ever pass it for me, but I, it's become a, a close second. Yeah, I, 
don't want to say these words. I would have to re. I think I would still have to rewatch it to rank them personally because it's been it's been long enough that I don't recall which ones were my favorite, and also my last experience with it was all as one movie. So <laughs> uh, that's a little bit difficult. But, I mean, I, I think one of these days, whenever you think you're emotionally ready, you should sit down and watch the first one and give yourself a few weeks, maybe a month. Yeah. Watch the second one. Yeah. Same thing, do give the it, third. Give it time. I could, I could do that. I, I'm not sure. If, I, I might need to approach it with some form of distracted watching, like doing something else while it's on. Like, I, don't I guess know you could do that it. because you've seen them all multiple times where it's not like you need right. to go in and concentrate 100%. I mean... It's probably one of those things where, like, if, like, you and me sat down to watch one of them and, like, did, like, a kind of a chat during it, you know what I mean? That, but that might be the best, the best way for us to handle it. That might be the best. Also, upscale to 4K would be pretty nice as well. Um, sure. I'd happily do that because those vistas, those vistas, though. Um, wow. Yeah, you, uh, you went off on a tangent there. I, I'm completely thrown. The whole <laughs> opening of the show is a bust. Uh, oh on no! This I week's episode. <laughs> so sorry. What happened was I was watching, and there's the scene where he gets stabbed on top of yeah on Weathertop, and afterwards, you know, he's slowly becoming more ill. He's you know, and they're you know, he's getting cold. His eyes are changing. All the stuff. He doesn't seem to be. He's like having fever dreams. And Sam's like, "What's wrong with him?" And Aragorn says. Uh, he's been stabbed with the Morgul blade. He's becoming a wraith, like the like the you know the race yeah. that attacked him. And I was like, I just had a moment. Like I've seen the movie a million times, and like I thought the idea of like, oh, Frodo's a wraith, whatever. But then like I really pictured the idea of like the nine charging, like the way they do when they chase them down on the way yeah. to Rivendell, mm -hmm. and they all line up in a row uh, in the middle of the 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 dammed up Bruinen River right before. Uh, Arwen causes the whole thing to come in and flood them and I'm picturing the nine of them and then like the camera panning as like Frodo catches up and like lines up <laughs> like just next to them as like a little mini wraith <laughs> that would be amazing. like a tiny little pony and I'm like how did this not become a thing <laughs> yeah that's one fun thing with those movies is the amount of times you spend with the hobbits and like them being you know seemingly normal size on the screen and then the pull out and it's like everybody else around them and they're knee high, and it's just amazing. Yes, <laughs> those are some those are some great perspectives. Incredible shots. photography, yeah. um, in those movies, just pulling off that, let alone everything. Oh else. yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, I want that movie now. Moving on, on this week's episode, <laughs> uh, we've got CW's Batwoman, a bittersweet Chris Pratt headline, the final Marvel movie to hit Netflix, Michael Caine on Inception, and Daryl <laughs> survives the snap. All before diving into our flick of the week, Mission Impossible Fallout. But first, Al, what are we drinking? We are drinking Lagunitas Sumpanese Ale. Um, sorry, it's a little dark down here, so I'm going to have trouble reading some of the stuff on the can. At best, a small gift from us to you. Enjoy our orbit through space, time, and dimension. Got time for another? Beneath the flotsam of categories, past nouns, beyond exclamations... Down to the autological words, possessing the very property they express, short is short. Sesquipedalian is long. <laughs> Sesquipedalian is long. Something has that thing on the tip of your tongue, and easy just rolls off as easy as Sunday morning. Something easy is everything we've learned about making hop-forward beer expressed in a moderate voice. Pale, cold, 
slightly alcoholic, and bitter, it's all we know. Call us sometime. That's great. And they even give you a phone. I like the little cheers on the bottom. This, okay, we're going to pause right here. This can art is something. Yes. Something. Yep. <laughs> See what I did there. Uh, so a couple of right. couple of things on here. First off, the colors are fantastic. I love the palette. Uh, second, Very 1950s. I found Waldo. Yes. The car says Super Sport on it. That's like just a super tiny detail on there. I was struggling to interpret what that said. I couldn't get a good angle to get Which enough light on it. Great. Now, that ink splatter, is that the, is is the, that, that's their logo, right? The logo yes. is logo. Now, if you'll go ahead and take a look at the tab on the can. It's also the splatter. Well done. <laughs> it is well I done. Think the is... first, I think the first thing I've ever seen that does a punch out of that was Budweiser. Okay. Bud Heavy does the Budweiser crown up there. What was the first thing you read and where did you read it from? Uh, it's along the top. It's it's very pale. It's not white. It's can colored. All along the top, like in a circle? Yes. Yeah, mine says something different, I think. Can you see? say yours again? <laughs> At best, a small gift from us to you. Enjoy our orbit through space, time, and dimension. Got time for another? Mine says, well, the hounds... Well, the hounds is on my track. Plural hounds. Is on my track. And the knapsack on my back. I'm going to make it to my shanty for the day. For day. That's from a song, isn't it? I don't know. Maybe. I'm guessing mine probably is too, then. Yeah, your words sounded familiar, but I don't know. It's funny because your words sound familiar. The, just that first part, the the knapsack on my back and the hounds on my track, That I've heard that before. But when you started reading, I was like, oh, he's probably got the box and it says something on it. But then I remember you saying that you couldn't read off the can. And I was like, wait a minute. No, the can doesn't say this at all. I really like <laughs> this. Let's, uh, let's see if this beer is as good as the can. Cheers. Cheers. That sound effect was great. Yep. <laughs> mm, tasty. Happy with that. That's uh, that's something. I like that. That's uh, that's all the things it says it is. I like yes. the I like the bitterness. I like the um, little that little party on the end of on your tongue. It's <laughs> very very dry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is this is tasty. I've uh, I feel like Lagunitas is one of those ones that I just like kind of pass over a lot when I see it. Well, they, for they, no particular reason. I, I'll tell you what it is. It's probably because they can be intimidating because they have a million beers on any given shelf. Mm. Like if you go, at least at, at the beer place I get from, there's always like 15 of them. I think for me, it's usually I see those bottles that most of them come in those kind of short stubbier bottles. Yes. And it looks just kind of generic to me. Their label is kind of generic most of the they, time. They as have well. a they have a, a consistent um, design that they like tweak. Right, but this this is throws all that to the side. This can and this yeah insanity. Uh, this is really tasty. I like this a lot. What uh what made you pick this sucker up? Uh, because someone left two of them in my house. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Much like the uh, lining me vice. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Now this is good. Well done. Um, very drinkable. I could have a few of these. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's more it's it's on the upper end of my bitter tolerance, but it's it's still on the scale. Yeah, uh, it's funny because 
it's it doesn't have a ton of hop flavor and aroma, but it has a considerable amount of bittering. Yeah. Um, and it's very, very pale. It's almost Pilsner-esque in body. Mm-hmm. And, or I guess maybe even more like a Kolsch because it's, it's very dry. Right. It's not very fragrant but in any way. It, I know. That's what I'm saying. It's very, very, very restrained the malt flavoring to it and even the hop flavoring but the bitterness comes out in an interesting way on this one yeah. i haven't had too many beers quite like this i'm a fan i'm i'm i would pick this one up again solid beer and the yeah. can art is is cool like I, you, you alluded to the it's very 50s the color palette and yeah. the car obviously um it looks like it's driving across the desert which is kind of cool yeah i love it sweet Shall we dive in? Um, well, I guess this is as good a time as any to... <laughs> Do you have nuggets? <laughs> uh, I have one nugget. I have, I have one note. <laughs> That's it? <laughs> and I have... Well, no, sorry. I, no, I, I guess not. No. I have one nugget and I have one new. For those of you not aware, we, we talk about our notes because we each have our little tab on our notebook here so that... We don't look at each other's work beforehand on what they've written down for the movie, and we refer to those as our notes. So when he said he has one, really felt like I was going to have to carry this one. No, no, no. I have one nugget, and I have one new. Okay. One new. I don't feel comfortable calling it one news. Just a new. Yeah, I I mean, I don't feel comfortable calling a singular item a plural word, so I have one new. That's fair. Um, (laughs) I actually don't know what the proper... Where do you um, stand on moose? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, that is singular, and uh, there's a word for that when it's singular and plural all in one without changing. I don't know what that word is, but I'm pretty sure there's a word for that. Um, so let's go with my one new. Okay, let's go with the new. What do you because got? Because we're talking about beer. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Al's, Al's Ales has been on quite a hiatus. Yeah. And that's about to change because... Oh, boy. I, I want to say in two days, I'm going to brew a new batch. You're going to start ramping up production? Yes. 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 That's what I I'm waiting for. Was, I finally was inspired um, by just kind of a random stray thought that crossed my mind. And I frantically came up with a recipe and I bought the stuff. I got everything that I was looking for for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been kind of weather dependent because I have to do most of it outside. And it was raining today and it's raining tomorrow. So probably Wednesday. Interesting. And so by the time you guys are hearing this, hopefully I'll have done it the day before. Nice, nice. Are you keeping uh, the recipe under wraps for now until the beer comes out? Um, I can tell you if you want. It is. I, I think I'm doing something kind of cool. Um, okay. It's not like super unconventional, but something that a lot of people maybe haven't tried specifically. Um, so it's up to you. Do you want? Do you want me to divulge what I'm doing? Let's keep it under wraps. Okay. Let's keep it under wraps until we pop the top. Well, we'll do it. It'll be ready to go in about a month. Okay. Think um, about the movie that you want to pair it with. Let's, let's do that. Um, well, so you have a month to watch Cloud Atlas. You don't get the beer <laughs> until you've watched. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you've ruined me. <laughs> two nothing, Al. Ah, nice. <laughs> Nicely done. Um, okay. All right. That was my new. Uh, we'll do. We can do my nugget whenever you want. Sounds good. All right, so let's dive in. A couple of things. I've got some quick ones here. 
Uh, CW's Batwoman. I know you're not super into these shows, but I I really enjoy some of the CW DC shows. Big fan mm-hmm. of Flash. Um, almost as big of a fan of Arrow. And then it starts to kind of trail off from there. Uh, as soon as they started the ensemble shows, it got a little ridiculous. Like there's just mm-hmm. too many characters. They're just trying to do too much. Um, and, you know, it's and, funny because I've seen a little bit of each of those shows, but the only one that I even found vaguely interesting for whatever reason was um, The Legends of Tomorrow. Really? I don't know why. Interesting. It's just that, I, that's just like all of the B team from all of the shows just put together. I think it was just. I don't know. There was a couple of people in the cast that I found entertaining, and I was I jumped in on it. I don't like watch it, but my brother was watching it to catch up at whatever point, and um, there was just the the storyline was just fucking wild, and mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I was vaguely interested in it at that time. Um, I kind of want to go back and just find the episodes because well, do you you don't keep up with that show? Legends, no. Because Matt Ryan was uh, joining the show again to reprise his role as Constantine. Oh, okay. So I was curious about that because I liked him in that role. So yeah, I've seen he's been in that role in a number of the shows. So that's cool. Uh, yeah, that the, the show for me is whatever. I don't like. I could watch it, but I'm not like super into it. Whereas I, I'm very much into Flash, and I like. Arrow, I used to be very close to, but they started building that cast up too, and it became a little bit of an ensemble as well. And it's just like, all right, I know Flesh has that, but there's still like a grounding, like a main character who is very much front and center for all of the episode. Like, I don't know. I don't. I also think I just like the heart of that show better than the darkness of Arrow and the weirdness of Legends. Anyway. Well, I guess I guess that was what it was. Is all of those have the trademark CW like cheesiness, but mm-hmm. Legends leaned into the cheesy batshit insane stuff the most. That's fair. Um, whereas I felt like it clashes with the other two shows. It does a little bit. So I think the fact that they were owning it and leaning into it made it easier for me to stomach. Yeah, the other two shows they they try to do it and when they when they lean into it it works but when they try to get too serious it kind of falls short because mm-hmm. it is you know in the end it's a CW show you can't yeah. you can't get that that serious though i will say uh flesh does a good job of tugging on the heartstrings here and there they're they're pretty yeah. good at that the writing i think is is best on flesh um that being said so there's a batwoman is going to be showing up in one of the crossover events that comes I think it's in that, fall. That's what I was wondering because you said Batwoman on CW, so I wasn't sure if it was a new show or if she. I thought she was just joining the cast of one or all of them or whatever. Well, once or twice um, a season, they do a crossover event. That's all of the shows. It's Supergirl. Oh, so they, they they brought that back onto CW instead of CBS now, right? Yeah, yeah. That show is not is not very good. <laughs> um, not at least not the episodes that I've seen. Um, yeah, Supergirl, Arrow, Flash, Legends. Um, I think there's another one out there now. Yes. It's... Um, the hell's it called? It's like Black Lightning or something like that. Yes, and then isn't there another another one? I think there might be. Anyway, the the my two main. Is there something with like is like on. the hawk or something like that? Uh, I don't know. There's another I'm not, another. I'm not one. certain, but anyway, they, so she's gonna show up in one of these crossover events, and depending on reception, there'll be a show. I think that's silly. There's going to be a show. 
like wait, you stop. said they you said they 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 cro- they said they're crossing over and then she's getting a show. That's what's happening. Yeah, depending on reception. Okay. At least that's the last thing that I read. But <laughs> from what my understanding is, that thing's probably well under production, and it's just going to come out not that long after. Uh, what I thought was very funny about what I was reading though is they were wondering, are you guys ever going to do Batman? And they were just like, no. We've mentioned that he exists and that Oliver mentions the character of Bruce Wayne like at some point in one of his like in one of his like uh, interviews or something. So like, yes, he's there. Yes, he's in the universe. No, we're not going to do him. Um, we want to tell a new story. And I'm like, that's cute because that's not the only thing I play here. Batman is tainted at this point and you don't want to touch that. And that's pretty much, I, I think, what's going on there. Um, that just reminded me, did you see the thing? I forget who did it. Was it, it might've been the rap online. They had a tweet with like the headline, Henry Cavill looking to leave Batman or Superman from the justice league role and linked to it. And it was a Rick roll. Yeah. That was like a week ago or maybe a little less. That's, that's silly. Uh, Anyway, I, I I'll I'll check this one out. Um, Ruby Rose is going to be playing Batwoman. Yes. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I love I love <laughs> Gotham <laughs> and that city. So that got a uh, that that turned into its whole own story because I think uh, it was a very polarizing casting. Oh really? I I mean uh, I'm not familiar. A with lot of the people like it. Batwoman. When, so a lot of people seem to like it because a lot of people she has a big fan base or at yeah. least a lab one. Um, and I don't have much of an opinion because I'm not going to watch because I don't watch the shows. But when they said, I was like, you know what? That kind of makes sense. Um, like I get why they would cast her. Uh, but then I think she was also just brutally harassed in like the three days since they announced it. And she already deleted all of her social media shit. God, what is wrong with the world? Yeah. The social media is poison at this point. Especially Twitter. I think you should kind of just bail out. Um, anyway. That's funny because I use it a lot, but for not that Well, things. yeah. If, you, if, <laughs> if you're following the right stuff or you're very curated about what you have on there, you can yeah, you can be safe. But as soon as it gets – like there's times where like I'll stumble upon one thing. No matter what, you can't read replies or comments on things. Mostly. I feel like they get those get poisonous quick. A lot of tweets are poisonous, but the comments are where it's real bad. Um, so I've kind of strayed away from that altogether. Uh, I, I, I rarely the, sign in. The way I do it is I just know when I see that there's going to be a stretch of stuff on my timeline that I don't care mm-hmm. for. So I'll just do a big scroll past it right. and see what lands me, like kind of like spinning the wheel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm feeling lucky. For, stop. <laughs> yeah. I follow mostly for sports stuff sure. and a little bit of like movie and, and game news, mostly movie news. Um, but I follow people from Bioware and stuff like that. Right, um, right. Because that's really the only game studio that I care about. Yeah, I so. like to. I do like to follow professionals in the businesses that I enjoy. So I, yeah. I do follow a lot of game devs, a lot of um, game news personalities. Yeah. Movie news, like things like that. But every once in a while, there's like some person on there that I followed from like a long time ago, and when it scrolls past it, I'm just like, uh, I could just unfollow. But for yeah. whatever reason, it's just like, ugh. <laughs> it becomes a math equation. Like, does the good outweigh the bad with that person? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I follow a bunch of, like, um, sports, like, writers of the teams that I follow and the leagues that I follow so that that's how I keep up with my sports news. 
Right. Um, and I follow a couple of people who, well, there's like two main like um, web comics that I followed for a long time. So I follow both of the authors of those because every day they tweet out the link to the new, you know. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So. All right. Anyway, um, CW's Batwoman. Will uh, I'll check back in with you on that after I actually. See sorry, the I just I just thought about it. Um, you just said following um, like game like like people, um, not just develop. What was the other thing you said? You said um, game news personalities. Yeah, game news personalities. Uh, did you hear about the whole thing with IGN? Uh, no. Because if something happened, I'm very interested because I'm I'm wondering where some people went. <laughs> um. So I actually don't even know who it was. And I usually read a handful of reviews, um, even though I don't buy too many games. But if there's something big coming out that I might be interested in, I'll check it out. So for... Uh, I forget what game that came out pretty recently. Uh, a, one of the IGN reviewers was just fired for plagiarizing a review. Really? Yeah. That's pretty terrible. Yeah. You don't, do you know who it was? I don't remember because at the time the IGN like made like a release and they didn't name the person in the release. Mm. And I think I looked it up for, like briefly and I saw the name, but I, it wasn't a name I recognized. So I think I immediately flushed it. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, I'll have to look into but, that. I'm like, curious. It was a big story in all gaming news huh. of, within the past week because um, IGN is obviously one of the biggest um, sites for all that. And yeah. uh, like they came out and they said – you know, they had a whole big statement about it. Said like that's not up to our core standards. We're right. letting that person go. Blah blah blah. Um, and some of the people who are at IGN formerly were at IGN. You know, there was discussion about it and all that, and and people were talking about it. You know, so so some other game writers, I think maybe from other publications, saying just because of that sort of thing, a lot of times if they know they're going to be reviewing a game, they purposely embargo themselves from reading anyone else's review until yeah. they've already written theirs mm -hmm. just for the case of accidentally having like just through osmosis, someone else's words kind of filter into their own um, like headspace while they're sure. writing their own thing. Yeah. That's why it's funny that you say that. Like I, what I try to do, especially with our movies, I take, I make sure of taking my notes and stuff down before reading or listening to anything else specifically because I want, I want to see what the, what the differences are after the fact, and I want to make sure that I have my opinions like fleshed out. I know I've I've noticed with my own. Occasionally, I will ignore all stuff. Sometimes I'll read certain things. Yeah. Um. It depends on how long ahead they release the embargo on the movie. So when the reviews start coming out, sure. If the review comes out twelve hours before the movie, and I know I'm going to see it right then and there, I'm going to avoid it. Yep. And then I'll circle back or like I'll tab open it uh, the thing so I don't lose it. And then I'll come back, circle around to it once I've watched the movie myself. Mm. But sometimes I do like to check some of them out for specific movies. Um, if I know it's going to give me a decent um, idea of what to just keep an eye out for stuff. So that, I don't miss yeah, it. That, that's fair. I like that approach. I just I I'm very agreeable. I feel like as a person. So I might I, have I feel like I would be influenced. I have noticed at times that it may have affected just my overall reception to the thing. Sure. Um, not that like it's made me feel good about something that was bad or vice versa, but just it colors my perception at times. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. The only as far the farthest I'll go is I will occasionally look at like the score. 
that's getting on different things and maybe like a tagline here or there. But other than mm -hmm. that, I don't I won't read a review until after I see something that I'm interested in. I also make sure to find it make sure that they're spoiler free ones. Oh yeah, I mean you gotta you gotta do that. Um, that being said, I do enjoy after the fact and after I've had my notes, I do enjoy a spoilery review. I like I like that stuff because it reminds me of what we do. I like listening to people talk about it like with enthusiasm and like getting down into things that maybe like probably don't matter at all. And <laughs> but it's fun to hear. One of my favorite things to read on not that it's a weekly basis, but you know usually every couple of weeks is um, when there's a big movie release. Um, the Ringer will pick a handful of their staff. And they do like their like a round table. Yeah. So one person will pitch a question and all of them will have like their response to it. And there's usually seven or eight of them um, for a movie and it's full spoilers. Yeah. So I'll always make sure to circle back around when I see that there's one of those. That's cool. Because they're usually pretty entertaining and sometimes they have like like entertaining in their own right as their own piece of content as well as having interesting stuff about the movie. Mm -hmm. Sweet. Um, so moving on, the next one I have here is very short, uh, and it was the bittersweet Chris Pratt headline that I mentioned before. It's not nothing bad, nothing bad. Oh yeah, what was that? Oh no, I just closed it. Uh, <laughs> sorry, and re opening up closed tab, pulling up headline, and all right. So I was, uh, I, as you know, I curate our flicks flip flipboard based on the movie um, feeds that I follow. So like. Any information that I find from there, I pull up, put into our board. Some things get mentioned, some things don't. So you can always follow along there if you want to see some of the other stuff that we uh, we may go through at some point. But this, I didn't even read too far into it. It was just the headline was just wonderful. And it's because I'm not familiar with the material at all. Chris Pratt's Cowboy Ninja Viking yanked from release schedule delayed indefinitely. <laughs> just, all the words in that sentence do not belong together. <laughs> and it's great. But Cowboy Ninja Viking is apparently a uh, a property. Um, is this graphic is this novel a, style? I believe. Is this a spinoff of Parks and Rec? <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that would be amazing. So I'm thinking of like the whole Johnny Karate yep. slash. Well, I forget what the the name of his FBI. Uh, Burt Macklin, like all the whole thing that he had, and you know the ridiculous songs he came up with as Johnny Karate. And that sounds like Cowboy Ninja Viking sounds like a Johnny Karate song. It really does. That's amazing. Um, huh. But it, it sounds like there's there was no real reason given for the cancellation or not cancellation, but delay. And uh, it sounds like they still want to do it, but just not right now. So I don't know what the deal is there. But I would watch that based on the title alone. <laughs> sounds great. Love Chris Pratt. Love those three words together. <laughs> let's let's I do love this. Those three words together. <laughs> so no, no, nothing serious there. Um, next. Item on the list, the final Marvel movie to hit Netflix will be Captain Marvel, Ant Man and the Wasp. I thought it was Captain Marvel. No, this uh, at least the last two things I re read were Ant Man and the Wasp, but that makes sense. I, I thought I saw a headline recently that said Captain Marvel would be the last one when it comes out or whatever. Hmm. That well, this was from last week. Okay, so, unless something news uh, come up, but I, don't, I mean that it, makes sense. It was within the last week. We we all that I saw knew that? this was happening, so we're we're yeah. getting down to the end of Marvel things being on Netflix with Disney streaming service um, imminent. One thing I found funny is well, that's what a little over a year out, I think, isn't it? Next winter, I believe so. Um, who who has the the rights to um, to air Star Wars? Is it TNT? 
Is TNT also TNT. TBS? Yeah, TNT, like Turner TBS. Broadcast. The, yeah, yeah, Turner Turner so, owns the rights. Yeah, Disney's I, trying to buy those back too. That's stupid. As yeah, I was gonna say, as far as like like tweets that are that do get a chuckle out of me, it's like um, Disney trying to get rights back for like airing you know Star Wars. And Turner says, "Nah." <laughs> I'm yeah. like, that makes sense. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah, give it I, up either. I saw that. I don't understand. I mean, I guess I understand, but the thing is, it wasn't that long ago they bought the rights. And Disney already knew at that time they were doing the streaming thing, so I don't understand why they sold the rights to begin with. It's just a bad look. Like, I understand why they would want them back. I just don't – like, it's a, just a bad look. Like, it's a, it's like one of those, like, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing type yeah. of deals, it feels like. I just don't get – like, they're usually better about not doing dumb shit, mm-hmm. at least in the last 10 years. Yeah, that seems that just seems odd. But it just it's just so funny to me. You're going to have to give that back. No. no. Well, they <laughs> your, paid, like, your move. They, they paid like a billion dollars for it or something. So yeah, yeah, they're gonna get their money's worth. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's, that's just silly. Because it's it's nine movies. They bought the rights to nine movies over the next like three years. They have exclusive like cable uh, airing like rights to that. Why the hell wouldn't they get their money's worth from that? Yeah, let them just or be like, down with fine, cable as a whole. buy us out for $2 billion. Like. <laughs> right. <laughs> we, we want that back. No. <laughs> I could have been overstating it slightly with, with a billion, but it was a enormous yeah. purchase. Well, I I can imagine. I mean, something like that. I, I, I don't know. I think I turned on a actual TV station once in the past six months, and I texted you. I was like, Star Wars is on, and you're like, I'm watching it too. Yes. <laughs> so yes. I mean, good on them. I remember I was I was texting with you. It was funny. Your parents were at my house on a Saturday morning. It was like the week before Memorial Day, mm-hmm. like the Memorial Day party and everything. And I don't remember why, but your parents were just here, and I was doing shit around the house. You're gonna get like, some hop-ons. Yeah, you're gonna get some. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so yeah, so I, I like had the TV on while I think my dad and your dad were cooking, and it was the Phantom Menace, and it was the first time I'd seen more than five minutes of the Phantom Menace in several years. Mm. And I was texting you because I didn't realize it's been so long that the the whatever the newest re-release and editing of the movies that Star Wars did. I didn't know that they had done to Phantom Menace and they they got rid of all puppet Yoda and replaced him with CGI Yoda. That's a good move. It is. It's just it was jarring to me because I didn't know they did it. That's that's a good move because Puppet Yoda is greatest Yoda. CGI Puppet Yoda is great in the original. Right, exactly what I'm saying though. Puppet Yoda is greatest Yoda. CGI Yoda is good Yoda. Whatever that abomination was in Phantom Menace is just the thing of nightmares. <laughs> I just don't understand why they couldn't make the same fucking puppet. Right. Which they did for The Last Jedi. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> I think they just used the original puppet. <laughs> I know. That's why I don't understand why they couldn't do it for Phantom Menace. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was that one. He's got, like, he's, like, the wrong color. He's got just weird hair he doesn't move as well as the original puppet does which doesn't make any sense also not uh, only is he a different color disaster. his face is completely different yeah like it's very obvious that's supposed to be yoda but 
It's like you know how sometimes it's like you have mega a, blocks Yoda. It's so, you know how sometimes you have a dream and there's a person in your dream that you know and you've known for your entire life. Yeah. But the person you're seeing in your dream looks nothing like the person. Yes. It's exactly that's what, what that was. I 100 percent agree. It's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> it's disgusting. Mad as hell. Well, at least they replaced that. That's what. That's a. That's a good update. Yeah. I like that. All right. I think they also CGI'd some backgrounds that hadn't previously been, which seems. Funny to say, because they all were, basically. So, moving on to Inception, a movie that we're both fans of. Yes. Uh, some information from a chat with Michael Caine, that in this article, they're kind of taking it as gospel, as it revealing the ending and what it actually means. Um, I don't take it that like, way. I, but I feel like a chat with Michael Caine would be pretty cool. <laughs> right? <laughs> I would just I would just like to sit there. Can you do the do the story from Dark Knight? <laughs> just that's that's all I want. Size of a fish, a tangerine. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, he says when I got the script of Inception, when I got the script of Inception, I was a bit puzzled by it, and I said to him, "I don't understand where the dream is." This is Kane talking to Chris, talking about himself talking to Christopher Nolan. Yeah, Kane told the crowd. I said, "When is the when is it the dream?" And when is it reality? He said, He's... well, well, when you're in the scene, it's reality. So get that. If I'm in it, it's reality. If I'm not in it, it's a dream. Okay. Seems like a fair way to go. That's that's fair. So they're saying, um, so there you have it. Especially since there's been a lot of theories that he was never real, that he was always in, that he was always a dream, a figment of his imagination. So him coming out and saying that cuts that whole thing to shreds. Maybe. Um Christopher Nolan is also a director. So I think that he, knowing his actor, he's telling him that you need to make this the reality. Like that could be his reasoning for it. I don't think or it could have just been the easy way to be like, he won't ask me any questions anymore if I say that. <laughs> right, right. That's that's fair too. Uh, but I, yeah, I don't think like this, this article takes it kind of as gospel. Like, oh, well, there you have it. Uh, oh, it's understandable having it's, a principal, a principal member of the movie say it. Yeah. I um I still don't buy it because I've got my own my own theories on that movie. That's that's a movie for another time. It also reminds me of I saw a story recently that um Michael Douglas didn't understand the script for Ant Man and the Wasp because he hasn't seen any of the Avengers movies. Oh my god, that's so great! <laughs> and the only thing he knows is the first Ant Man movie, and the whole in the beginning the whole thing talking about. Uh, him going off with Captain America and this and that, like Michael Douglas is asking all these questions, like, what are they talking about? I don't know what they're talking about. And he's like, and the um, Peyton Reed was like, well, he's talking about uh, Captain America Civil War, and he's like, oh, was I supposed to see that? And he's like, oh my god, I mean, that's so good. You don't have to, but that's where all that's coming from. He goes, I didn't know. He goes, I don't, I don't know. Superheroes like superhero movies hasn't been like a thing that I watch. He goes, he goes, I had a lot of fun making these two movies. Um, and if they had told me that I had to go see Civil War to know what was going on, I would have sat down and watched it. I have no problem with watching it. It's just something that I would have thought to sit down and watch on my own. You know what I mean? That's great. I love that. <laughs> and you're just like picturing like those scenes. They the first time they shoot those scenes, just just be real in the scene. Who are you talking about? <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's uh, he's like talking about because he's like scolding him for like you know being irresponsible and going off and doing all that. He's like and he was like reading that part of the script. He's like, what am I talking about? What is my character talking about? I don't even know what's going on. That's he goes, am I great. like 
did I forget something from the last movie? <laughs> I love that. This, this this rolls nicely into the last topic that I had here, which is Daryl survives the snap. When I tell I just you saw that, that okay, see that's that's fantastic. So for those of you that don't know, there was this wonderful little video that was put out. I think it was. I think they did two or three of them, didn't they? They they may have. I think when I watched it, it was all kind of merged together. This, I had forgotten all about that until I saw this headline. It was kind of like viral advertising for Ragnarok. Was it for that one? I thought it was for the second one. I think it was for Ragnarok because it was kind of like the new Thor. Yeah. And yeah, maybe it, was, it was very comical. And he's like living in Florida with a roommate. And his roommate is Daryl. And it's just, it's just ridiculous. Like it's just nonsense. And it's Thor trying to live in this world, which is basically the best scenes from the first one. Like when I feel like maybe Deadpool 2, 2 kind of ripped that off with the whole, that guy. I can't remember his name. Just the regular guy. The regular guy? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> but the uh, he's basically, Thor is just inconveniencing this roommate of his, Daryl. And uh, this this new little short video that came out is showing you that he's he's wishing Thor a happy birthday. He survived the snap. Obviously, half of his coworkers didn't. So he's working on Sundays. And I just thought that is, it's just brilliant. <laughs> I didn't know they made another video. I just heard that he survived. It's it's so silly. It's like a, it's like him shooting him, like his own little video to send to Thor. Wishing him oh, like birthday. a video message, like happy and birthday. And then okay. he, he plays, um, I forget what that, what that thing is called. You tap like the metal pen and it like makes different sounds on like a, on a board. It's electronic. He basically. Thurman? Maybe, but it's like very small. Hmm. But anyway, he plays happy, happy birthday on that, and it goes on for like way too long. <laughs> it's it's they, they they almost family guide it, but it didn't come back around at the end. Um, uh, but it's it it's it's silly. You should check it out. You should definitely check out the original Daryl videos, um, where Thor's making uh, I think he's making like jerky in the bathtub. Like he's got like just like <laughs> meat just hanging in the apartment. It was <laughs> it was like the Odd Couple, but superhero. Right, right, and he just leaves Molyneux around, but Daryl can't move it. <laughs> I, I saw a, a, a video recently where someone did a whole thing. He built himself his own like Mjolnir, mm-hmm. but it was an electromagnet. Yeah, and he was putting it in random places and filming people try and move it. That's so great. And it had like this whole thing because he kept putting it on metal surfaces, so obviously yeah. it was like sticking to it. Like he put it on like a manhole cover and stuff like that. Um, but it had like I think he. He hooked up a fingerprint sensor, so if he did it, it would turn the magnet off, and he'd be able to pick it up. So, good. but no one else could. It was a it was a clever little thing he did. It was it was kind of funny. I like that. That's awesome. Anyway, go check those videos out if you want to see Darrow. He's it's, it's pretty funny. You have nugget. I have one nugget. Give us nugget. Uh, this one is also a pretty small nugget. So, uh, apparently today. Was Sebastian Stan's birthday? Okay. And so apparently, for the last couple of years, it's been a big thing online. I hadn't heard about this until today that people were saying that him and Mark Hamill look enough alike that Sebastian Stan might be his long lost son. <laughs> okay. So he wished him a happy birthday today, and he Dad? put it out. <laughs> no, Mark Hamill did it to to Sebastian Stan. Yeah. Put out a a picture on Twitter. It's a picture of him. It looks like he must be on set of um, of episode nine, probably. And he's pointing at the camera, and he's holding up a little placard that says, Happy 36th birthday, Sebastian's son. 
and on it is a little heart, and he photoshopped the two of them like together. It looks like they're like hugging, <laughs> like face side by side. And he said, "Wishing Sebastian Stan the happiest of birthdays." I'm beginning to believe he might actually be my son because just like just like Nathan Hamill and Griffin Hamill, he never calls, he never writes. Come on, kids, would it kill you to drop your old man a line? That's amazing. <laughs> that is so funny. I I love how he buys into all of, like the the memes around him. Yes, it's it. He just leans into it, and it just creates these amazing moments. He is, in every way, the complete opposite of Harrison Ford in his yeah. willingness to embrace the thing that made him famous. Yeah, he has to overcompensate for that nonsense. It does feel like that sometimes. But it's 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 very funny, and I appreciate it. We thank it's... you. We love you, Mark Hamill. Shall we dive into our flick of the week? Uh, maybe. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, I had one of my notes, which I was curious if you want, maybe wanted to discuss either prior to, well, I don't know if you want to do a pre-spoilers thing like we sometimes do, but I had, uh, I was I'm just going to throw something out and we can either discuss it now or mm-hmm. in a few minutes. How would you rank the Mission Impossible movies? Ooh, okay. Um, that's weird. Let's see. Uh, not having gone back and rewatched any of them in a very long time i think i would say i love the first one one is probably my favorite okay I vaguely is philip seymour hoffman in three yes so one three i had them reversed but okay okay one three this one two i, I also had that third and then whatever else comes after that okay so i just recently watched Rogue Nation because I had never seen it. Is that the so other that one was, that this director did? No, that was... Yes, okay. the one preceding this. Yeah, okay. Um, because I hadn't seen it, and if I was going to see this, I wanted to see that. Especially since, based on the the uh, the trailers for this movie, it was pretty obvious that this was going to be the first one that was really, truly a direct sequel to the one coming before it. Right. Um, and I, when I was typing out my notes earlier today, I was like... You know, let me just think. I took two seconds. I didn't go really in depth into it. It's just kind of whatever first came to my mind as a ranking. I feel pretty good about my first three um, and my last one. Um, I have three is my favorite. Uh, one is probably a pretty close second. Uh, I put Fallout third. Uh, I put my only really debate was between Mission Impossible two and Rogue Nation. Mm. I put Rogue Nation before. Two, despite the fact that two for a non-trivial amount of my youthful life was my favorite one. Yeah. Until yeah. I grew up and realized how been, it yeah. was probably the cheesiest I am, of them. I'm with you 100%. I love two. I've watched two so many times. Me too. But I, I, get, still, I, I, I understand it's not genuinely great. enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. But it's not really a great movie. No. So I would say since Rogue Nation was more competently made and was still a pretty solid movie, I would give it a slight... Um, edge over two and then there's a pretty sizable gap before ghost protocol is the least good one yeah that's i remember there being one that was just like meh and i think it was the fourth one yes that's ghost protocol okay. that one is one i've i think i've mentioned a couple times on the show i know i have with my cousin mike who is our biggest fan and is surely listening to this um that for the life of me i just cannot for whatever reason my brain shuts off and does not let me recall or understand the final act of ghost protocol i don't i don't remember it at all um 
and I had to before I sat down to watch Rogue Nation, I sat down and read the synopsis of Ghost Protocol. Even though I've seen the movie several times, I just for some reason anything that happens after the whole set piece around the Burj Khalifa, I just I cannot. My brain refuses to process it. <laughs> so I finally looked up the synopsis. I figured the written word might finally help me cut through the crap. And I still don't know what happened. <laughs> no, I have a, at least a working knowledge of what went on. And okay. at least I finally vaguely like understand and remember what it, like, it's not that, that complicated to, uh, to understand. But for whatever reason, my brain just rejects that bit of information. Right. I, uh... I just remember a chase through streets and a fight in like a server room. And I, and then I remember him sitting with Ving Rhames and it's the only time Ving Rhames is in the movie. And he basically recounts the whole thing about why he faked the death of his wife and this and that and stuff like that. And I was like, I remember all of that, but it's everything in the 10 minutes preceding that that just refuses to stick in my brain. Yeah, I don't remember that one at all. I only vaguely remember three and I it's still I have it listed as my second because I remember really liking the villain. Three is so good and it's because of the villain he yeah. is philip seymour hoffman's villain is far and away the best villain <laughs> no you know. lois it was philip seymour <laughs> <Hoffman>. <laughs> he is by far the best villain in the whole series yeah yeah the villains uh were a little they, they were okay in this one they weren't they weren't bad but they weren't anything super special to me i have Thoughts. On Solomon Lane. Thought you were gonna say note. I really thought you were gonna end that with note. I have, <laughs> I have note. note. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, is this pre-spoiler? No, we'll do a post-spoiler. Okay, cool. Um, so overall, what did you think of this movie? I liked it. Um, I liked it better than Rogue Nation, which I liked better than Ghost Protocol for sure. Yep. Uh, yeah. No, I had Fallout as the third best. I, some people are saying like it re defines the action genre and that it's this amazing, I'm amazing movie. Glad you brought that up. Um, and I can understand aspects of that because I actually have part of that as some of my notes. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit hyperbolic. Yep. Um, it's a very good movie. Here's, okay, and this is a, this is one of those things. This is why I try to get these opinions out before I watch these reviews or read reviews. Everything that I've read after I saw this said that. See, I wasn't even reviewed. It was like I heard like conversations on like radio shows, like like just tweets, like you mm-hmm. know, I mean, not like full reviews. I've been seeing that yeah. you can't really avoid it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but when you see see, it's funny when I see something like that over and over and over again, I start to question it because then it just it almost feels like that notion is a retweet in life. Well, for me, like I was intrigued by it because yeah, I told you originally I didn't really have any great desire to see this movie because. Mm-hmm. I had zero desire to see the last one and I had not seen the last one, but seeing that finally tipped the scale in favor of me. Like, well, I was always going to do it because you wanted to, but tipped the scale for me doing it as a duty to looking forward to doing it. So on the topic of action in the movies, I don't think this movie redefines it. Um, I think that it does a very good job. The one thing I'll say about it as far as that is, um, some of the stunts were incredible, and in mm-hmm. particular, um, the fight choreography is a huge upgrade over anything else in any of these movies. That's that's fair. The fight scene in the bathroom was oh my god, incredibly choreographed. It's the best fight scene in the bathroom since Drew Lies. Yes, 
and, and much awesome. much slicker than that fight. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. Up until the arm reloading, but then right <laughs> after that, it it picks up again. That that scene for whatever it doesn't bother me at all. I really enjoy it. The the like the <laughs> as he yes. as he swings and 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 reloads his arms as as We're, that yeah, post cuts, said cuts that we talked arms. about. It's cuts just so arms. it's so silly, and it's uh. But I but I'm like yeah. Yeah, that's something this psycho would do. That's that's what it feels like when he does it. <laughs> Some of the stuff where the two of them harmonize in the fighting is incredible. Where like the where Lark like swings and one of them like the one where he swings the pipe and um I completely forgot what Henry Cavill's character's name is and I watched the movie 24 hours ago. Um he like catches his arm from around the corner yeah. and then like materializes behind him like some of those quick cut things were really incredible. Yeah, no, it was it was really it was well shot. the The brightness of the room adds to it with the contrast of the characters that are fighting. I really enjoyed that a lot. Yes. Um, one of the things that really stood out to me though is how not qualified to fight this guy Ethan is. <laughs> like he's this guy yeah, is he's so much better. Roller. Right, and you what what's great about that is that could have been handled in a number of ways, but the what they did was the occasional close-up shot of the sheer disappointment on his face as he realized, I can't do anything to this guy. Yes. <laughs> and it was that was great. You know um, what it is? It's the second time he takes Walker down. Yeah. And he had already just immediately before that taken down Ethan. And yeah. Ethan's on his hands and knees and puts his hand up and like says, hang on a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so, it's, it's a great fight scene um, with a great... With a great finale, which we'll, we can't speak of right now, but you've seen that you've seen enough of that fight scene in the trailer. That is, that's definitely one of the big highlights for me. It was pretty cool the way they they mixed all the styles too, where Ethan is kind of just, you know, a competent fighter, but mostly when matched with a, a superior opponent, he's really just a brawler. And then you have Walker, who is kind of a hybrid of skill and just sheer strength. Mm-hmm. And then Lark, who is just is whipping both of their asses at the same time. It was like watching the lightsaber duel from The Phantom Menace if Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon were way out of their depth instead of being mildly right. out of their depth. Right. Well, it's funny because you get the um, – it's in that trailer, like the or the one that was played way too many times before this movie, the whole like scalpel and a hammer. Like that was – and it led into that fight scene in the trailer. Like it's yeah. so apparent when you're watching it, like how like their styles and it's it is it's really cool. It's also just the way that the whole thing starts off and it could have gone down so quickly, but it just gets ruined by just some random person washing his hands. It's just so funny. But uh, <laughs> that 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 fight scene is is really well done. Um, I enjoyed that a lot. The but back like overall when we're, we're talking action flicks, I I do think again the I think the pacing of this movie is really good. And yes. it helps to have that with an action movie because sometimes it'll feel like, okay, when's the next one coming if that's what you're going for? But they do a good balance of you do have to pay attention. You have to understand what's going on in the story. You have to listen to what the characters are saying. I'm interested in what they're saying. Then then you get a fight scene and you get a build up and you get a fight scene and you get a build up. And it's 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 handled very well. And it, because the in-between pieces, I feel they work. Not only that, but this was interesting in it would have felt almost schizophrenic under if it was done less well. Um, but there's almost this 
inc- there's not almost there's an incredible diversity of aspects of this movie in the sense of at different times it almost feels like multiple different movies or multiple like the way that you see when you see a movie that's multiple different like vignettes stitched together that mm-hmm. were all made by different directors because there's club like tracking fight scene stuff there's like a planned heist type thing or an extraction there's some of the fast forward things like the way like the Sherlock did where he's seeing the whole thing as it's going to unravel. Yeah. There's flashback dream sequence, just straight up, you know, nineties action, like popcorn action scenes. Yep. Subterfuge, cold war era, you know, a double cross and all that sort of stuff. There's so many different things that they jammed into this that could have felt overstuffed. Yeah. Or poorly woven together, but it created a pretty incredible tapestry that all fit. Yeah, I I very much agree with that. And I also I think it's it's more impressive um if you watch this Vidoc that I watched earlier on how they pick the they, they talked about the stunt sequences they wanted to do and then they wove the story around that. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a really interesting thing because that would normally lead to what you're saying that they avoided. Yes. And that's impressive. So yes, that's it, that's solid writing. It well not just not just solid writing, but it exhibited a level of directorial competence sure. that I don't expect from Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the, the first movie is very campy, the second movie even more so. <laughs> oh yeah, and, anything John Woo in his later career is going to be campy. <laughs> right. But then like the uh, third, it's like okay, let's say let's get a little serious. The third is the only other one that even touched this level of yeah. directorial competence, I think. Mm-hmm. Even though the first was made by Brian De Palma, who's a great director in his own right. But it's like the movie. only big budget movie he ever made. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. He was like vehemently against doing that sort of thing his whole career. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, but anyway, so, but as far as, again, and I, I am praising the movie because I did have a really good time with it, but there wasn't, I wasn't getting this vibe of like, greatest action movie i've seen this year or like greatest action movie i've seen in a while i thought it was well, a no, very good it probably, action movie it, it, uh, actually i don't i think it almost certainly is the best action movie this year but people were saying like it was the movie of the decade i don't mm-hmm. think i would go so far maybe if i watch it a couple more times i'll feel that way um but i well i think that the level of praise for it has been hyperbolic yeah i will say it is very good well and that's the thing it's it is the fact that it was it was it's just it is hyperbolic because it was too much too many people were saying it and too many people were saying the exact same thing and that's where i felt like i was just it was just a retweet you were just in the echo chamber of oh oh they said this movie is a great like just the best action movie they've ever seen let me reword that for myself and that's how i felt reading and listening to reviews after the fact but i did enjoy it a lot see i didn't have so much of a problem with it because the people i was seeing it were say it like weren't reviewers it was just people that i follow who had seen the movie no i for me it was it was actual reviews of people i can understand how that would make you feel that way for me it was just basically people like us who had gone to see the movie giving their tweet length review you know what i mean yeah for sure so it didn't offend me in that sense you know what i mean yeah i got you um anyway uh, aside from that i would say this definitely gets like you know my approval, go see this movie if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, come back and listen to the rest of this. Or do you have anything else you want to say before we get into the spoiler territory? Um, 
No, I mean, nothing that has to be said other than one funny note that I found. Um, I can't remember if I said it on one of our previous episodes recently, but I'm quite sure I had the conversation with you. Um, the, the thing about um, Tom Cruise's age making this movie in relation to Wilford Brimley when he was making Cocoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, did, we, we had that conversation, didn't we? Or a text. So. Yeah, um, that he's the same age as Wilford Brimley when he was playing like a seventy-five-year-old man in Cocoon, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to him making an action movie. Uh, I just saw something yesterday uh, that Tom Cruise is two years younger than John Voight was in the first Mission Impossible. Oh my God! What? <laughs> <laughs> that is ridiculous! <laughs> Holy crap! I just find I'm never going to not find that sort of comparison hysterical. No, that's that's fantastic. And you know what? Hats off to him for doing his own. I mean, the guy's a whack job, but I I I have fun with his movies as of late. Uh, I've been watching. Let me correct that. I've been watching some of his older movies. (laughs) So this is the only thing I've seen of his, other than Rogue Nation. Gotcha. Basically, in the last ten years, the only Tom Cruise movies I've seen are Mission Impossible movies. Did you see? uh, Oh, they renamed that movie. Um, Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, did you see that? Never saw it. That was good. I, I saw like a little bit of it, but that was I, actually like, that one took me by surprise. I really enjoyed that movie. Yeah, I heard that it looked stupid when it was coming out, and I'm not a huge Emily Blunt fan, so. Oh no, I like her. I, I don't know why. I think I really solid. don't. I don't know why. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, with that, we shall lift the veil and get into spoiler territory. Um, you have been warned. And that's that. Okay, so first, qualm. I understand the reason behind it. It's not this movie's fault. I think it's the fault of three, two movies ago, three movies. Ago. Those two girls look way too similar, especially when I haven't seen a movie, a Mission Impossible movie in a long time. Oh, uh, see, the funny thing is, while I was sitting down and watching this, uh, I think that was by design. Oh yeah, no, I I get that. It's they do they are supposed to kind of resemble each other, at, especially as the only two love interests of Ethan. But I hadn't seen the other movies in a really long time, and when she appears on screen the first time, what's her name? Isla, the first one. Uh, Ilsa. Ilsa, when she appears, not his wife. When when not his wife appears the first time, I'm like, is that his wife? <laughs> and I and I played that game for a while until. Until I remembered some things, and then we we got talk of his actual his his wife. Well, a couple of things. One, I just saw Rogue Nation, so right. I'm immediately now. Two, I have seen several things that Michelle Monaghan is in, so I'm pretty familiar with her. That's yeah. the one who plays his wife. Uh, two, one of them has an American accent, the other one has a British accent. <laughs> okay, so I'm not. I understand. You put the two of them next to each other. I know which one is which. Mm-hmm. My problem is. The face was similar enough that I don't remember which one was his wife. See, oh yeah. Well, the thing is, I, I just you had just seen I've the seen other Michelle one. Michelle Monaghan enough things, and Mission Impossible Three is my favorite one, right? And that's right. the one she was in. So that so it was funny. Chris and I went to go see this movie and came in. We were coming out of it. I was like, my only issue with that was those two look way too similar. And he goes, right? <laughs> and I don't think he had seen the previous one. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. so even more so. Um, but that, that was funny. It's not, it's not a big deal at all, but, but, but that first scene, which is a scene also from the trailers, 
um, when she's like holding the gun, she's pointing at the car while he's driving. In the trailers, I was def- I was at the same the same way. I was like, wait a minute, which of the two girls that look very similar in this movie is this? <laughs> and that's even even more so there. There's no there's no talking in that one. I don't know what accent you got, I, but that would have helped me because I don't remember if his wife had an accent or not. <laughs> so I couldn't I couldn't tell you. It was it was uh, it was long enough. Anyway, not a huge deal, but that one that one definitely uh, it it took my attention away from what was happening just a little bit <laughs> to the point where I was just like, this is a silly thing to be happening. <laughs> the thing is, when I watched Rogue Nation, I didn't consider it, and then I was watching this one. And the movie opens with him dreaming about a nuclear bomb going off and killing him after he was getting the creepiest vows ever written to read to him, read, uh, read to him by Solomon Lane as he's standing with his wife, whose name I'm forgetting. Uh, she's yeah. Michelle Monaghan, but I don't yeah. remember her. <laughs> Julia. Julia is her name in the in the movie. Um, her name's gonna be Julia Gulia. <laughs> So while that was going on, and then the first time um, that Ilsa comes on, I'm like, she looks an awful lot like Michelle Monaghan, and I've never put that yeah. together before this moment, and that's definitely a thing on oh, purpose. Yeah, it's it's 100% on purpose. It's just, it's almost, it's done too well, I guess. <laughs> well, it's places. just that it took until that point for me to realize that, like, the fact that they look, because they're never on screen together until the very end of the movie. Right. Right. Um, speaking of that dream sequence in the beginning, we've talked about this a little bit, but I'm still waiting for someone to have the PR and advertising chops and the balls to make a movie end on a scene like that two minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> if that was the end, of, like if you did that, I would have been like, Tom Cruise is crazy, man. <laughs> what was the last thing we talked about them doing something like that? We, we've had that discussion before. Oh, yeah. We, there's, there's, I don't remember what it was, but there's, there's been numerous times in the past where like it could have something you could have just ended it right there and the, just do it once. There was something we discussed. Was it for Infinity War? It, it might have been. I know we talked about the way we wished it ended, which we were pretty close to, but not exactly. But there was another one where we were like, or maybe it's been a different time we were talking about that before it came out, where we were like. If you just had like the beginning of the movie and then just ended it after like ninety seconds, <laughs> there was something we talked about like that, and I it was interesting. I thought, yeah. um, and this also kind of the same thing. Yeah, this this was another one. I, and you know, it's it. This was a silly one just because you had seen the tra- if you've seen the trailers, you know that the nuke is going to go off in the background. So I I immediately make the association that it was. A dream even before the priest starts talking because i i was like well in that scene in the trailer the nuke goes off and they're in death range so this is not a real scene so that's that's the spoiler uh from the trailers that doesn't really necessarily i mean you you probably would have figured that out if you paid any attention to the movie at all um earlier like with with trailers even if that scene wasn't shown knowing who the bad guy's gonna be mm-hmm. because you'll see that it's him but I don't know. That was just a, a a funny one. That was like unnecessary, but still, that would have been if they did that. <laughs> that would have been great. Just somebody's somebody's got to do it. Well, I'll be pissed when it happens. I'm sure, but somebody's gonna do it one day. Somebody's gonna do it. Runtime is, is going to be two hours. 
it's going to be a black screen for an hour and 30 minutes. <laughs> that's that's what's going to happen. That's the only um, way to get around this. The thing is, early on in that movie, the way that that started off and the way stuff started going on early in the movie after that, I was beginning to wonder, Was did I miss something? Is this supposed to be the final one? Because they set this up. This could have been a final chapter movie. Yeah. It could have ended differently. Mm-hmm. Um, after about halfway through the movie, I changed my mind on that. Um, and I feel like it would have stuck with me if it was even a rumor that this was the last one. And considering how successful this one is so far, I'm sure it won't be. But oh yeah, it's not. This one. could have been an incredible finale yeah. to a series. Absolutely, I would it had the framework from that early on. Yep, yep, for sure. Although, and and on that same token, at the very end, if they did want to go the dark route, they could have because I found the movie to be predictable. But I, that, that's because I think you, I just at, at this point, you know what to expect and you know what to look for. You always knew that Walker was going to be yeah. a double agent. Yeah. You basically always knew. It's just uh, a question of who else possibly or what exactly the motivation was. Yeah. Well, there's, there's uh, that. And there's also the like, as the scene's going down, you're like, that guy's wearing a mask or like, so, like <laughs> this thing is happening. Later. Um, on that yeah, but uh, that so like I, I I did find it to be predictable, but at the same token, I was like, by the end of the movie, the majority of what had unfolded, I found to be like you know not not super surprising. Whereas like if they really want to blow me away, they could they could end this with the theme that they set out from the beginning of you've just been like playing with like the time that you have left this whole time like you know you like all of your decisions are coming down to this like you you were never coming out of this alive like that whole. After a certain point, it backed away from that. Yeah. Um, but early on in the movie, I thought very much that that was on the table. Um, the other thing, I guess this is probably a good time on the topic of kind of gripes. Mm. Um, I Something I wanted to discuss um, specifically about Solomon Lane. And what's made me think about it is just what you're talking about with – or what, what I brought up about Walker being predictable. I – I thought it was predictable that he was going to be a double agent. It was the reasons that he was that surprised me. Although it became less surprising once I saw where the movie was going. I don't um, remember what the reasons were. Well, the reason is is that he's a true believer oh, okay. of this cause. And that's what surprised me. Um, this movie retconned Rogue Nation some, I think. Oh. Do um, tell because I haven't seen it in a long time. Okay. Yeah, so I just watched it last yeah. week. Um so the whole thing was the whole the rogue nation was the syndicate. It was, you know, these this kind of terror network, counter intelligence, you know, mercenary, gun yep. for hire, arms dealer. They kind of did a all of those things, right? It was supposed to be kind of the anti IMF, right? Where yeah. instead of stopping all of these plots, they were carrying them out for pay and for influence and power and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But this one, they made it, and and well, because then in the end, the, the whole setup of rogation was that it was a thought experiment that the MI6 came up with that they put into effect as supposedly kind of a, a deniable action, kind of MI6's own version of the IMF. It almost seemed like, um, and it went rogue, rogation. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it always seemed to be a for-profit enterprise. And in this, they turned them into some sort of anarchist true believer thing where they were going to disrupt the new world order, or I guess they called it the old world order, which lame. Um, And, you know, right all the wrongs and, you know, by casting off of all these, the yoke of all society and this and that, they're going to, you know, create this whole new thing. They turned it into almost to like a religious cult. Right. Um, that was not in any way, shape or form set up by the last movie. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Um, so that was why I ended up being surprised that that was the reason Walker was, it seemed like he was the one, like he wrote the manifesto that they were puppeting around as that other guy's yeah. thing. Um, but after all of this, watching it, um, I realized that I was kind of compelled by Lane and the last one when they it became clear that he was going to be central to the events in this one as well. I ended up being let down by that character and the whole story around him because he's a knockoff of Silva from um skyfall the um i don't remember his first name but silva the bad guy um in skyfall played by javier bardem okay that they're almost the same character going after the same thing interesting and that movie came out five years ago or whatever it was like that ended up or four years ago whatever the hell skyfall came out that ended up disappointing me some Hmm. because i was intrigued by everything that happened in rogue nation seeing how they extrapolated it into the next one and by making all those changes and turning this into, like I said, nearly a religious pursuit of this, you know, anarchist, you know, or maybe if you want to say anti-religious thing, they had religious esque fervor, despite the fact that they were kind of trying to get rid of a certain dogma. Mm -hmm. In this case, it ended up being a knockoff of the skyfall plot to me. Interesting. That's a cool take. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, maybe other people didn't feel that way. I mean, I think it's undeniable, the, the parallels, um, but maybe it didn't disappoint people as much as it did me. I, but that's really my only thats really my only gripe with this movie. I think the only way I would have been disappointed by it is if I remembered <laughs> the previous movie. Fair. So. Um, and maybe other people don't, or maybe I'm looking... Well, I'm not saying that I'm looking too much into it, but maybe I'm taking it all too seriously. But I don't know. I mean, that's that's what we're doing here. We're talking yeah. about the stuff. We watch yeah. movies. We, we're talking I, about I the tend, stuff, guys. <laughs> I tend to retain the stuff, so we're yeah. talking about the stuff. No, no, that's that's that is interesting. Uh, the I just want to. Do you have any? What are your other? Do you have other issues with the movie? That was my main issue with the movie. I did have something that I really liked about this movie. What's that? Um, is that well between this and Rogue Nation, both being under. Uh, Chris McQuarrie, why I ended up enjoying myself again is that they got the fun factor back in these movies. Mm. Those protocol wasn't very fun. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. One, two, and three all have fun. There's, yeah, th- there's fun moments. There's goofs. There's there's a couple of good laughs here and that's, there. That's what I'm saying. Even though they have varying levels of seriousness, especially three, it gets very dark yeah. at times. Um, and Rogue Nation and Ghost Protocol, or not Rogue Nation and Fallout, very dark at times. They have fun during the movie. Yeah. And then I have fun during right. the movie. Right. Um, Ghost Protocol didn't really have any fun. And so I didn't have so much fun. That 
being said, the I I really enjoy Simon Pegg for the most part, but I feel like he was underutilized and like the some of that fun that they try to have with him is a little bit forced and not what it could have been. I do think that the one scene where he's the the big on foot chase scene, yes, um, that they 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 get one joke with him being misreading the schematics. Yep. They don't get two, right? Uh-huh, exactly. But minor minor gripe. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not it's not enough for me to like get hung up on. No, uh, I think on... one of them perfect. Two of them was a little cheesy. Did you get it? I made I I made a goof. So he's running the wrong way. Like like that's like. Did you see it? Did you see what we did there? It's like, yeah, yes. we got we got it. We were paying attention. But then we turn it into, oh, the lock screen, yeah. And then it's, oh, I was looking at it in 2D mode. Like, no, you get yeah. one of those two jokes. Pick pick one. You're okay. going to hold our hand through the complicated things happening in the plot, but you're holding our hand through this. <laughs> like, stop it. Stop it. Like, one subtle one, that's brilliant. Yeah. The, uh, on the on that chase, that chase was fun. The The running sequences sequences were great and a lot of the we talked about this a little bit earlier but the action sequences are and the choreography and the stunts are fantastic real stunts just look better yes and what i love about this there's a couple couple of things actually you know what let's let's start with the uh, the most important one um the scene where he where he you know i'm jumping out a window that whole scene that scene now they they did bring it back around because as much as i was like ah when he made the second joke yeah that's what are you waiting for? I'm jumping out a window. Oh, sorry. That was funny. But what's the most important here, which you may not realize, which ties into DC Universe. Um, when he jumps out that window, he breaks his ankle. No. Yes. No, it was when he's jumping from roof to roof. He, is it, it's out the window to the roof. No, it was the one where he jumps from the one roof to the other and he stumbles and hangs off the building. That's when he broke his ankle. That's not out the window? Oh, no, no out the, you're right. Out the window was down. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, during, but it's during the same chase sequence. Run. Yes. Run sequence. Uh, it was before he jumps out the window. Right. So he, he jumps. From you can see room. it too. Yeah. Like, snaps his ankle. One, one, since I knew that was the scene, I'm watching it very closely. You clearly see his foot slip and bend in a very. Oh, yeah. It's not okay. <laughs> and two, when he climbs up <laughs> over the roof, you can see him clearly hobbling. Yeah. Which is like. On the one hand, it's like, oh wow, he did a really good job of. No, he was actually broken, a broken ankle. He's running on a broken ankle. Yeah. So I don't know how they shot the rest of it. I know they they play with how they shoot order of all these things. Yep. But they must have decided to shoot a lot of other things before. I'm sure if you go back and look, there's probably some sort of like disparity with that, like in the way that the shirt with the yeah. pocket is. Sure. Because they must have come back and shot that like six weeks later. Yes, they they did come back. Some so- of. The- some they, of the chase. they use that it does cut at that point and he's running in it like he's running from a different angle afterwards but yeah they they use that whole piece of him breaking his ankle and hobbling off in that they and that's in the movie and i love that they kept that in uh what's amazing is they did halt production yeah and it perfect would have been, time for it mustache would have been enough time for the mustache to have been shaved yes but i still stand by as much as that may be true they didn't owe them anything no 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 not at all it just makes it better (laughs) like so much better to me we're not gonna do that we probably could have but we're still not we're still not gonna do that well actually the funniest thing of like kind of twisting the knife was after this movie was released there was an interview talking about the importance of the mustache and they were like 
Oh, yeah, I mean, there's no real reason for him to have a mustache. It's just, like, as we were, like, after we cast Henry and we were writing it and we are talking about everything, all the little details of the movie, we kind of settled on this look and just decided, yeah, that's pretty good. Like, there was no reason for him to have a mustache. Like, yeah, I, shaved it off and got I, rid of it. I read, like a, like, a funny little poll. It was, like... The bad, the bad guy's got the mustache. Like you, you just know he's a bad guy because of the mustache. Is I that like from that, that was... really terrible uh, Will Ferrell movie, The Land of the Lost, where? Oh my god, the guy wearing a tunic. <laughs> I never trust a man wearing a tunic. That really, that's how you live your life. It's never <laughs> let me. <laughs> Amazing, but uh, so on the on the uh, the topic of of stunts and fights. So we talked uh, earlier. We talked about the bathroom fight scene, which is tremendous. The club fight scene. Close second. I really enjoyed that as well. Using the crowd and like bouncing around oh. over things was really well done. There's another fight scene in this movie that is not good. Which one? It's very bad. Okay. It's the sequence with Alec Baldwin. Yeah, but it's okay because it's Alec Baldwin. He's right. Good. Isn't that funny? I It's so terrible when I'm watching it. It's like, oh, that's, that's not up to snuff with everything else. <laughs> but it's cool. <laughs> Although Alec Baldwin is only what four years older than Tom Cruise, than than John Voight. He's John Voight's age when John Voight was in the first one. Uh, I mean, doesn't John Voight also have a very bad fight scene in that movie? <laughs> does he? I don't even remember. I think uh, he does at the end. Doesn't he? Just, does he just get hit though? Doesn't he just go down like real quick? No, because then that wouldn't be fun. But everything, everything. It's, it's not fun when up. a young man is beating up an old man. It's fun when the old man <laughs> has some fight in him. <laughs> but so, no matter how unrealistic that may be. <laughs> and Alec Baldwin had some fight in him. He tried. He really tried. Uh, I was I sad to up, see him go. I ended up being legitimately upset that yeah. he's going because I. It was in that whole sequence. Welcome to the team, sir or Mr. Secretary, whatever. I was like, you know what? He is a part of the team. I'm glad he's on board. Yeah. Alec Baldwin actually, Alec Baldwin is a cranky old man. So to see him having fun on screen, I actually kind of enjoy it. And while he's on screen, though, for whatever reason, just because of he 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 carries like a good weight with him when he's on screen and when he delivers his line, his lines. And I I so much want him to turn into his character from The Departed just randomly, like <laughs> like just throughout, just start cursing out people. Like that would just be just go fuck yourself. Like <laughs> it would be it would be amazing. <laughs> but uh, that yeah, it was it was very very sad to see him go. I do I love the relationship between him and Ethan though. It ended up becoming interesting. Yeah. Um, sad, very sad. But yeah, that that fight that fight was just uh, was just silly. But I think it's supposed to be. You know? It's I... almost slow motion. <laughs> it goes on honestly the fact that it goes on for 30 seconds is 29 seconds too long because henry cavill would have killed him with the snap of his finger probably <laughs> he would thanos him out of existence <laughs> can we talk about henry cavill for a minute because sure. i have a take okay i'm gonna start a petition to just eliminate henry cavill and just replace him henceforth with Army Hammer. Because anything that Henry Cavill can do, <laughs> Army Hammer can do better. Anything you can do, I can do better. Tell me that, that and it's funny because the two of them co-starred in yeah. The Man from Uncle. 
uh-huh. um, which I never saw, but I know the two of them faced off kind of in that or whatever, or mm-hmm. butted heads in that. Um, tell me that he couldn't do anything that Henry Cavill does better. No, I, I agree with that. I'm I'm a big fan of Army Hammer. I feel like Henry Cavill is redundant. <laughs> To all of this. <laughs> That's so sad. That's so mean. <laughs> but I don't disagree. Because Army Hammer cracked me up in, what's it called? Free Fire? In Free Fire. Oh, my. He crushed it in Free Fire. And, like, a lot of, I mean, not that Henry Cavill is, like, a terrible actor, but some of his stuff is just kind of wooden and flat. I feel like Army Hammer would do it with a smidge more pizzazz. And he's got the same, like, kind of hulking structure like he can be physically imposing i don't know if he can be quite as jacked as henry cavill is per se but yeah. similar frame well you know what? it's funny in the whole the sequence of him of them diving out of the plane and him being cocky and annoying it it didn't fit henry cavill the same way that it would have fit army hammer the problem is he's just robotic yeah and i agree with I that that army hammer would do a better job of it of anything that Henry Cavill has done on screen that I've seen. Yeah. With the exception, possibly, of his role in Count of Monte Cristo. I'll give him that one. Mm-hmm. That, that <laughs> requires great acting chops, but I thought he was just fine in that. So, can we can we talk about that that parachute scene? Um, it was pretty cool. That was a lot of fun. I would say it didn't, for whatever reason, I, I, maybe I'm just not, not remembering it right, it didn't feel like the... So, there's always... You know how every Mission Impossible movie, there's like a big... There's a big stunt high to low right there's some ridiculous thing where you start really high and you end closer to the ground and it's just an absurd stunt first movie is obvious who would have, who would have thought that the cia break-in was the most tan right <laughs> so the yeah the first the first movie you get you, you're lowering down on the wire right it's the classic scene the second movie he like doesn't he like dive through like an open vent shaft in a tall ass building say it's the same so, scene he leaps no it's not the same because in the first one he lowers himself into a room this one he does it at a high slowly, speed slowly and slowly stops. and carefully <laughs> in the second one he leaps from a helicopter and flies through an open vent that is very <laughs> soon to close that if it closes on anything solid will set off an alarm and his timing was off, so he had to do it at full speed instead of lowering himself. And he's hanging, similar to the first one, and has to cut the cord. But he can't drop too hard under the surface below him, similar to the first one. But in this case, there's a guy watching. He has to wait for him to walk past. Yeah. So there's a time element to all of the thing. It's absurd. That, does and he have great. Oh, the third one is the one where he does the pendulum jump off the side of the building. The third one, he had to break into an upper floor of a building, uh-huh. and he goes to the top of the other building, shoots pins and stuff like that, and hooks up a gigantic pendulum. Okay. Because they show him on the glass, looking at the buildings, doing fucking calculus equations to prove that he could do it, and he does this swinging pendulum leap on top of a slanted roof yes. building that he lands on, slides down, and shoots a bunch of dudes from. That, that then the I fourth one being an awesome scene. It was pretty cool. The fourth one was the Burj Khalifa scaling thing. Mm-hmm. And then he leaps off of that building at the end of it while he's trying to disarm the thing and he falls into bushes. He aimed for the bushes, um, right. I believe, was basically what happened in that one. Well, and then... The in, there. Yeah. And then Rogue Nation, he 
jumps into that giant kind of like the Transformers the last night underwater anus he jumps into that thing <laughs> that's the I don't water I saw that in 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 Rogue Nation the when he has to go underwater to replace yes. this liquid cooled uh, supercomputer with all this security information he has to replace it so that they can break into the thing and he leaps into this giant opening where all the water is cascading into and he that's like cool. Lands through the opening into water and like shoots down this tunnel yeah. with the current. So that being said, in this one, it is the parachute sequence is like that that big piece. Well, the, yeah, he finally does a, an actual honest to god halo jump, which right. supposedly he really did. Yeah, like a thousand times, uh, <laughs> so that they could film it. Well, it's a dangerous different thing. Angles. Yeah, it's one of the most badass things you can do, probably. <laughs> yeah, it's it's absurd, but uh, it, I feel like it was. I, correct me if I'm misremembering this. I felt like it was over too quickly. Like that whole sequence, whereas like all the other ones felt like it was like a, a really big build up to the sequence. Where in this movie it happens like so abruptly. Oh, but, I thought you meant during the stunt. Oh, the lead up to it. Yes, yeah. this one had the least lead in time. And it was just like, well, it, it was like you're getting planes, o- planes jump. open jump. <laughs> the I will say that being said completely made up for it is when that lightning crack happens and the sound cuts and it's just so well done. I I really enjoyed the sound editing on that. They, they stole that from The Last Jedi. It was great. <laughs> that no, was good. Great in The Last Jedi. It was great here. I love that. <laughs> I love it. it's a great it's a it's a classy move. As much as that is the big falling yeah the, so now they all have to have a running sequence, they'll have to have a falling sequence. Yep. Uh, or swinging sequence, if you will. Um, and some vehicle nonsense at the end. <laughs> yeah, the biggest stunt of any of them, though, has got to be him flying a helicopter. Yeah, yeah, that was that that was absurd. That whole yeah. that whole it was it was video game helicopter fighting. It was nonsense. Well, I'm gonna be honest. When he said, "I'll I'll get it," and he jumps into a helicopter, I'm like, but how? Because <laughs> I find there's it really not, there's really not a great way to transfer oneself from one helicopter to another. Mm-hmm. Nay, there mm-hmm. may not be any way right. to transfer, right. especially when you are the only person in the one helicopter flying the helicopter. I gotta say, I was so disappointed when he missed when he dropped the payload. <laughs> I know it was it was a pretty good plan. Like that um, would have been that would have been great. But the weeks. thing is, between that. And all the other ways that he was attempting to do it and then ultimately succeeded in doing it, none were particularly viable. Nope. Helicopters are so fragile. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't understand how anyone in the world has ever survived a helicopter crash, <laughs> let alone the one that he was planning with the payload and the one that he actually succeeded in doing by ramming it with his helicopter. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ram it. For one, <laughs> even if he survived the crash part of it, when he hit the ground and the glass shattered all over him, he doesn't have a single scratch. That yeah. probably should have killed him there. It should have like slit his throat or like <laughs> gone through his eyeball or something like that. There's no fucking way. Yeah. Speaking of going through someone's eyeball, that final scene of Army Hammer, that was with, rough. With the hook, yeah, no, that was good. That was among the more spectacular movie deaths I've ever seen. That was pretty great. Yeah, because when you're when you're watching that, you're just like, oh man, I just cannot wait for this guy to eat it and then when he yeah. eats it it's so satisfying 
Yes. And he's like, oh, <laughs> that was dark. Um, that was a rough way to go. So, I, and I said Army Hammer specifically because of the <laughs> after the after the Halo jump, he Henry Cavill delivers the line like, "Lost your tank" or something along those those lines. Yeah, lost your oxygen tank or something. Which like him delivering it, nothing. If Army oh, Hammer yeah. was delivering it, I I would have laughed out loud probably. Yes, I expect that from him. I expect that not. He is. I feel like Army Hammer is Bradley Cooper's character from Wedding Crashers, just a little less douchey. <laughs> <laughs> is that fair? Um, or he at least he can pull it off. No, I, I think he can pull it off. No, because he, he doesn't strike me as as manic as him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like <laughs> that's true. He doesn't have like the uh, raging testosterone, possibly on steroids vibe. Right. 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 <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, honestly, like Army Army Hammer probably could have played that role too. You're right. Yeah. Um, no, you're right. I think he would have been a way better fit. For that. We're going to make this a thing. Yeah. We need to get power in Hollywood to reshoot. Make this We're going to start a campaign like those uh, Star Wars turds. See, the thing is, <laughs> the thing is, I think people might take us seriously on this one because mm. it's not an insane idea. And then, like, just like, be real dumb about this and be like, DC, if you support this, then you can have Henry Cavill back <laughs> without the mustache. Yeah, we'll even shave his mustache. No, the thing is, no, I won't be so callous as to suggest that we reshoot stuff, but just going forward, hmm. anytime someone decides, you know, Henry Cavill would be good for this role, I'm just going to pop May into I the room. May I interject? <laughs> I'm just going to pop into the room. I hear what you're saying, but I have a better idea. Yeah. Army Hammer. You're welcome, and then I'll just fade back out of the room. Just you just need to be a fly on the wall. Yes. What do you? It's either that, that or we need to pitch ourselves to become his agent. Okay. And get him his roles. And that's and that that's our like that's our mission statement as his agents. It's like Army Hammer and everything. Yes. Is well, not in everything, just anything that Henry Cavill is going to be in. So is this so much a? Employed to have Army Hammer in some great roles, or is this a vendetta against Henry Cavill? Because at some point you have to draw the line. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say a, a vendetta against him because I don't know him personally. He doesn't offend me in quite the right. way that Ben Affleck does. Um, I just feel like they're kind of the same person, but one of them is better at being that person. Do you step in for Man of Steel 2? Was there already a second one? No. Do you step in for Man yes, of Steel too, or do you no, just let them have Cavill for that? No, we, he, he would be better as Superman. But do you want to taint his career by putting him in that DC movie? Well, no, because there's never going to be another one, so... Burn! <laughs> <laughs> but if we could get That's rid funny. of Ben Affleck and Zack Snyder, then yes. Oh my god. Yeah, we you need like a you need like a catchy ha- hashtag for this. Hashtag reload his army hammers. <laughs> Have him do the move. <laughs> I was going to say hashtag hammer cabill. Hmm. That's short, sweet, to the point. It sounds dirty. <laughs> I mean, I guess. We'll, we'll workshop this. We'll get it going. <laughs> well, you know what? 
We'll figure this one out, and then we'll just use that as the hashtag on everything we put out there. I'm regardless say, of context. <laughs> I'm going to say that there is some potential for some double entendre there. Yeah. But it was, I think, more effective than the one you came up with. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm just picturing the, the. That could just be it. <laughs> no, I'm oh, just going to start taking any GIF of Henry Cavill and badly photoshopping Army Hammer's face onto it. But but a still photo. No, Direct, it's better when it's a, a very moving... bad, very obvious Photoshop on a moving image. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's what I mean. A still a still photo shopped onto the moving GIF. Yes, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Um, but also, and especially in that one, I'm going to digitally remove Henry Cavill's mustache in the way that DC did, but then put it on Army Hammer's face. And then put Army Hammer's face on that moving GIF. Oh my god, <laughs> that's too much. Um, leaving that alone for a minute, I thought like there were some cool items with the production design. So like, I really liked. I found the <laughs> the container of the plutonium that they were trying to was it plutonium uranium? What was it? Plutonium. Plutonium. That they were. Uh, they were trying to hold on to. It was very menacing for some reason. That what that box with those three orbs, I just felt like it was it it just felt like a real terrifying thing. The yes. bomb although I meant to look it up, but I think they may have suffered from that classic fault where they made a substance that should be really, really heavy, not as heavy as it really is. Oh yeah, where they're just kinda of like running with a case. Yeah, or like someone just like palms an orb of plutonium yeah. and like picks it up. And whereas like I'm pretty sure it would take like me like deadlifting it. Right. Um, yeah, well, you know what's interesting about that is, yes, you get that. You get like somebody palming it in one hand. You get them like carrying the case around like it's no big deal. But when the thing opens and it and falls, falls out, out, it's like, foot. <laughs> it's yeah, like, I mean, they, huh. <laughs> they were in the realm of getting it right, but I still feel like they missed the mark. But right. also probably because plot-wise, it would become burdensome. Difficult. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the other thing was the the bomb that they crafted was I thought that was well made too. I don't know how feasible it would be from a physics standpoint, but it was cool. Yeah. No. Exactly. I, I don't. I don't care about any any of that. I, I do think well, you know I get caught up in some of that stuff. Yeah. Um I do I will say that <laughs> it did become way too convoluted the layered failsafes. <laughs> yeah. Like, like like come on, who the fuck was designing these things? Like this is way too specific. It's perfect. <laughs> like the level of specificity required to make a nuclear bomb is not lost on me. But just the whole system of the two things tied together and also tied to the detonator and this and all that whole thing. It was just a bit too much. Yeah. it That and I, well, that would have been great if there was legitimately no way to stop it. If it turned on also for a moment, I thought that they were missing a bomb. What do you mean? Oh, because of, well, because there was three, Plutonium spheres. But they got they got one though, didn't they? I know, but I forgot 
because they got it and because Walker was a bad guy, I thought he had it in his possession. Oh, gotcha. For a little while, and I was confused. That would have been a real twisted ending. Because they were talking about the two bombs, and I was wondering for a while, are they going to disrupt these two things, and then the third one's going to go off, and they didn't really succeed, and this is the first time that IMF doesn't succeed? Hmm. But then I kind of did like the the shell game thing where you yep. count up all the things and figure I was like... <laughs> one plus two. Wait, no, they actually took two. that one back because it was a payment, and... Tom and Ethan Hunt had the thing and he was in contact with them. So yes, they have the last one, but I, for a minute I was like, I feel like we're missing something here. Right. <laughs> no, 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 no. They had it. They had it all along. Uh, but yeah, it's just that, that whole buildup of like the explanation of how the thing was fail safe was so cool to me. And then they were just like, it, but it all comes down to unless we flip this switch over here and cut the wires at the same time. Like just just start with that. I know that's where you're going anyway. That's what I'm saying. It was so overly convoluted to have such a weird, simple thing that was wrong with the whole system mm-hmm. that it was just a little bit much. But really, ultimately, not that big of a deal. I also just love how I understand that they they got the plans and stuff like that. But this is like one of those things that you just have to accept. That Luther is good enough that he's able to to look at those plans in probably what about the thirteen seconds that he had overall with all the other things that are going on to really analyze them that he knew enough about how to disarm them. I just love that. Like that's just like a running thing in these movies. This guy always knows how to do this stuff. No, the the thing is they had an off screen time jump because that's true, they had to travel he, there. Well, not just not just that there was that, but also even before that. Remember, they said it was a 36-hour delay before the, the tracker was going to come online. And what happened on screen was not 36 hours worth of time. Right. That's true. Still, it just feels like that's too quick of a time for him to perfectly understand exactly how to do it. Well, that was the one but time that probably, that was probably the one time the pacing was kind of a little clunky. Mm-hmm. Was that whole interlude where he's talking to Ilsa and telling her about Ethan and wanting her to get out of the way, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. That was I like I like Luther. Me too. I was ended up being very disappointed when I found out he wasn't in Ghost Protocol. That was probably another reason why Ghost Protocol was no good. Yeah. Because there was no Luther in it except Luther. for that one cameo at the very end. He's been the one up. person who's been with him start to finish. Yeah. That's true. Oh man. What a great character. Love it. Um the only other note I have here, which one that I really enjoyed, was the fake out in the hospital. That was really cool. I liked that a lot. It's also, uh, that's like a straight callback to like the first movie one. They did like that same type of thing where like the whole fake the room. second one. First movie. The opening scene of the first movie. What's the opening scene of the first movie? Am I forgetting? He's, like try- he's trying to like pull information out of somebody. He's wearing one of the masks. And then after they, they get the info and knock the guy out, like they... He like knocks on the door and the window at the the wall and then like they just like deconstruct the room that they're in and he pulls the mask off. I forgot about that. I was thinking of the second one when they drug Brendan Gleason and then yes, they make it a whole fever dream thing where he's playing the doctor who's dead. Yeah, they 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 do it. They do the whole room thing in multiple movies, but it was just well done here, especially with the whole was it Wolf Blitzer? Yes, that was great. 
that was funny having Wolf Blitzer play himself and do this whole thing, and it's Simon Pegg playing yeah. Wolf Blitzer. That was cool. Um, well, the funny thing is, is it took me a little while to figure out what they were going for until they he says, "I'm going to have to read the thing." He says, "We can do that," and I was like, "Okay, they're going to have a wire into Wolf Blitzer, but that's all going to be fake. This is all." not been real but i didn't realize like the whole thing wasn't real you right. know what i mean like right yeah i knew i knew they were playing him i, I didn't just know, didn't I realize didn't what down. level they were playing him yeah but it was it was a lot of fun though it was really it was well executed and then when those walls come down it's just like you're a turd <laughs> it's, it's awesome <laughs> That was actually um, a really cool thing they did in, in the one before this, Rogue Nation, when they capture Solomon Lane, when he's chasing him and, and he jumps into the hole, but he's gotten out of the box and they put him in the box and they close up this glass box around him and all of them walk out of the darkness and yeah. then they start pumping the gas the way they did to Ethan at the beginning of that movie. And then at the end, they do the same thing. All the walls come down, they turn the lights on and they, oh, okay, let's grab him and let's take him out of here now. Like So good. Um, that's it. That's all I have. So yeah. I have one other thing. There was a lot of callbacks to other movies in this one, but specifically a lot of callbacks to the first movie, which I found kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. I guess it was supposed to be kind of a theme of kind of how this is a circular story where it keeps coming back around. Yeah. And that's also because I was noticing it, especially in the first half of the movie, um, that I was wondering why I was why I was wondering if this was gonna be a finale, because right. if you know parallel the opening and closing of the yeah, story like that, almost like closing the loop. So you notice the whole thing with the White Widow. Yeah, you, you know who she was. Is it like the the daughter of the chick from the first movie? Yes. Yeah, because she says that she they walk in in the middle of her eulogizing her mother, and she says Max, and I was like. Oh my god, they're really going to call back that after all this time? And she basically is a new Max in mm -hmm. this movie. Um, but there was a couple of other things too. Like that whole thing was a big part of it and kind of was a lifeblood that was flowing through all of this. But um, there was other littler things too. Um, the whole thing with the elevator. Him jumping onto the bottom and hanging from yeah. the elevator. The elevator plays big into the first one. That 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 was. I remember that actually shook me seeing that as a kid. A yeah, little bit. same. That was a brutal death in the first movie. Yeah, that maybe that did make me terrified of elevators. Yes. Yeah. Um. Also, thinking back, terrible planning on that guy's part. Yeah. That was not a good place to be hiding out. He should. He should have known. Yeah. Um. Um. And helicopters. There was, <laughs> hel well, sure, helicopters. No, but there was a more specific thing. Um, the mask gambit confession. I know we talked a little bit about it. You're talking about the very beginning of the first one, and then yeah. me talking about the thing of the second one. But specifically, swapping Simon Pegg, uh, Benji's character, for Lane and getting Walker to confess to him, yeah, was what they did at the end of the first one when Ethan, on a hunch, plays the John Voight character to get the confession out of the girl. Um, it was almost exactly like the same thing they did yeah. in this. Which I thought was kind of cool. Although to the, it got to a certain point with all of this where it's almost self-cannibalizing at this point. You think so? Almost. Um, but no, overall, I actually appreciated it. Because it's, like I said, this is the first one that was a direct sequel. And also, 
there's been little callbacks here and there throughout the series, but this really, I guess, showed an appreciation for where it's come from. Mm-hmm. Especially when you see these all updated versions of those things. Yeah, it almost it it could have been felt like a callback, but it almost felt more like a resetting and like pushing forward with like a new set and like talking about like we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna bring in all the good stuff, all the stuff that you like. Let's let's bring all that in. I think. For me, it was putting all of the things together mm-hmm. was what was an issue. If it was, it was one or two much. of them, I, I would have been like, oh, yep, that was good. And then if like the next movie they did that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. They I kept think... pulling. Some... What if what if in the middle of this? What if how he got the other helicopter to go down was a stick of explosive gum? Well, that have, that would have that would have killed you, right? That would have just yes, put the that nail would have been way too much. Yes. <laughs> Anything else? Don't chew it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I actually really like the Max thing because I actually think even it was probably a deep cut. There's probably a lot of people who sat and watched this movie who haven't seen the first one mm-hmm. or don't remember the first one, and probably that went over their head. Yeah. Um. Even though, like, they weren't really hiding it. But I that that was I actually think a really cool acknowledgement of what came before. Yeah, because I'm sure it wasn't lost on him the relevance of that. But she clearly didn't understand. Right. Because how would she know? He's well, used a there, billion different names. That's also I mean that's that's almost a I don't know if this is what you meant earlier, but that's that's almost like a one to one scene where he's playing the character because he realized the other person doesn't know what the character looks like. Yes. Yeah, that's... Well, I guess in that case, it's kind of a, a double-layered version of that, because he's yeah. playing a character in that way. Man, your also... family's dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, you know what? One thing that I didn't um, I didn't talk about was the, the sequence with the, uh, the armored car. Yes. And... The basically the dr- the dream sequence where he's he's basically playing through his mind the potential terrible possibilities of what what will come out of this. Well, that's and, what I mentioned the when I was talking about the varied structure of the movie where it was the Sherlock Holmes thing yeah. where he sees the future of it all. That was what I was referring to. But yeah, I that, guess we didn't. That, yeah, that scene though it's it's well done because it's like it it could have easily up until that point as, when he when he turns the gun on the guy I'm like oh I see what we're doing. Because you know he, you know his character is not going to do that. Well, I knew as soon as that scene was kicking off that that's what it was doing. Is he was envisioning the whole thing? I didn't know that at first. Oh, okay. I thought we were jumping right into it. I actually thought I was worried for a second. I thought we were in a potential. We got to get this thing moving because we're running out of time and budget. Like that's that's what I thought at first. But then when they pulled back and showed you that it was him thinking through it, um, it made a lot more sense. Now, the only time that they've really done that thing is in Mission Impossible 3 after he does his pendulum jump and mm-hmm. he gets rid of all the guys on the roof. They then cut to the people waiting for him in the car yeah. and then it's him jumping out of the window. Oh, yeah. It'll just cut everything There's actually out the another falling scene. He jumped, He base jumps from too low of a floor in the building and crashes into the car. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, man. Yeah, so it was it was a lot of fun. I'm glad we ended up doing this. Yeah, I ended up enjoying these last two. This one more so yeah. than the last one, for sure. I do think it's kind of like it's tiered. Um, like the, my favorite three of these kind of are coupled together. 
and then the middle two coupled together, and then Ghost Protocol is on its own. Yeah. It's the ugly stepchild. That's, that's fair. If you are an ugly stepchild, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. Awesome. Do you have anything else? Uh, I don't think so. I think I tackled everything I wanted to discuss. Sweet. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Flicks in the Six. Thanks for joining us. If you want to keep the conversation going, I'm at AEJ Costanzo on Twitter and Instagram. Al is at AlessandroB1187. Check out the Flicks Flipboard magazine to follow the stories that we cover each week and Flicks in the Six on Instagram for teases of what's to come. If you have a topic for the show or a movie that you want us to cover, uh, you can send those requests to Flicks in the Six at SpinTune.com. And we will be back next week for more movie and beer goodness. We are going to need some help coming up. We don't have any. This is the end of blockbuster season as we know it. Right. We need some stuff to tide us through till September. So please send us your suggestions. Until next time, cheers.